Good morning. It is Friday, June 9th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You can find us both on Twitter. He's at Rob M. Kendall. I'm at Casey Daniels 317. And we appreciate you listening on this beautiful Friday morning. All right, let's talk about what happened yesterday. Marjorie Taylor Greene ran, ran to the cameras after she read the FBI's FD 1023 form. And that is the form that alleges a bribe scheme involving Joe Biden took place when he was vice president. And this form, it apparently revealed that payments were made to the Biden family by Burisma, which is that Ukrainian oil company, which Hunter Biden sat on the board of. And uh, she said, so this whistleblower came out and gave them all of this information. And there's a couple different scandal potentials here besides the bribery and the taking the money for the influence but let's listen to what marjorie taylor green had to say about it he also said that he paid five million to one biden and he paid five million to another biden and it was all a bribery to get shokin fired and end the investigation into burisma uh he also told the informant this is common practice in Russia and Ukraine. It's common practice, it's part of business there, that's how their culture works, that they will pay bribery money in order to get business deals done. And that many businesses, uh, they, they take that into account, they put it in their budget, basically, when they're preparing to buy another company or start another company, that that's just normal. And so over in Ukraine, uh, for them to consider hiring Hunter Biden on the board in order to make their problems go away, which was the prosecutor Shokin, uh, who was investigating Burisma for, for corruption and, and legal problems. This was definitely illegal for a vice president of the United States and their family members. Okay, so she's saying that this is what the American people need to know. So a couple things here. One, Biden, when he was vice president, took a $5 million bribe from a Ukrainian oligarch. Yes. There's also that the FBI buried the allegation in the run-up to the 2020 election. Yes. And then you've got the FBI working to cover up the cover-up since then. Yes. And my question would be, why doesn't Large Marge get her boyfriend, Kevin McCarthy, to come out and say this? Because (laughs) there's a lot more gravitas coming from her boyfriend, the Speaker of the House. Than from her? Absolutely. I mean, it's always the same people are doing the talking and the Republicans. You very rarely have high-profile air quote, mainstream Republicans doing the speaking. It's always the Boberts and the Taylor mm-hmm. Greens and the Matt Gates and I mean, Comer has obviously done it and he is a committee chair, but it's just like, where's, where's Jim Banks? Where's Jim Banks on this? Mm-hmm. Where's his press conference on this? I mean, it involves him getting himself in front of a camera, so you'd think he would totally be out there and, and be in front of it. Where's Jim Baird? Where's Bouchon? Where's Rudy Yacom? Where's professional office hopper Aaron Houchin? Where's Mike Pence's loser brother? Where are any of these people? Why is it always the same people? When it comes to actually getting their hands muddy, it's never these, these establishment hacks. It's always the same people. I thought 
thought it was really interesting when she was speaking in front of the cameras, you could see she was surrounded by news people and they all had their phones out recording her, what she was saying. But then in the video, you could also see, which I'm guessing is a reporter, was holding up their phone and then zooming in on the notes that Marjorie Taylor Greene was referring to, to take pictures of her notes. They're concerned about someone using notes now. Yeah. Exactly. Someone, someone using notes to to provide information. You mean like like who do I call on? Mm-hmm. What question will they be asking next? Right. Oh, exactly. Yes, like those, were, those were, sort of notes. Uh-huh, sure. Yes. Uh, I think they were trying to see if they could discover. She wasn't actually holding the document, the FD. 1023 document. She was holding her own personal notes, but I think that's what the reporter thought was in her hand was the actual document. But you asked, who else is speaking out about this? Well, Byron Donalds did. He said he viewed the document and that money's moving all over the place. This document also stipulates that, according to the confidential human source, that money was being moved through several accounts multiple accounts to get to Joe Biden. I'm going to say it again. Money was moved on purpose through multiple accounts to get to Joe Biden. Okay. And then we've got a flashback. Oh. And you referenced it earlier this morning when we were talking and it is Joe Biden and he's telling a story about getting the Ukrainian prosecutor fired. Is this a confession? Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." (laughs) I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Oh, so they got rid, Joe Biden got rid of a guy that was going to be harmful to that company Mm -hmm. and put in place somebody who was solid his words, yeah. or you weren't getting money from the federal government. Correct. Huh. Yeah. But hey, Trump, right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? They're going after Trump feverish, feverishly, and all of this is coming out about the Bidens. But the, the Bidens had a bad day yesterday because it was the lead story on Daily Mail for a good good portion, all of the pictures. But did, but did he really have a bad day, Casey? Because nothing ever happens to this family. Nothing ever happens to this guy. Nothing ever... Ha- they don't... They, they're shameless people. They don't care about bad publicity. It's, uh, things that would mortify normal people. They don't go, oh my gosh, this is horrific. They don't care. Yeah, they've had Hunter's laptop for quite a while now, right? Yes. No arrest made. Casey. Rob. It's Friday. Okay. Do you want to do something fun next? Yes. We got so many good voicemails. I don't think we could possibly get to all of them in one segment. Is it going to be a double shot? Would you like to do a Would you like to do a double shot of voicemails? I would like to. Let's do it. All right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Here we go, 317-684-844. That's the phone number. With your voicemails with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right. So yesterday we did our first of what will be many story story hours, story times involving uh, my time being around um, Mike Pence as both the state pharmacy board director and working in the state auditor's office and just how horrific he actually is at governing and what a complete, well, I'm not going to use the term liar, but what a complete... Well, person with a problem with the truth, he is, and and uh, hypocrite and uh, disingenuous, and we got so many stories. Of course, yesterday we told about the time that the management there at the PLA, who he appointed, forced me to change people's uh, evaluations because, well, Pence uh, said that it was uh, merit-based pay, mm-hmm. and we were going to reward people who did the best for the taxpayers, and what he didn't bother to tell anyone, probably because he didn't know, because he had no idea what was going on, and didn't know his own orders or edicts was there was actually a merit pool and the people at the top of the food chain, the management got to go first. And if they gave themselves exceeds expectations, well, they burned right through the merit pool. Sure. There's nothing left for anyone else. So the poor women making 30 K ish a year answering the phones got nothing and Mm -hmm. the stooges and toadies at the top took it all. So we talked about that. I think maybe next week we'll talk about the time they, multiple times, they forced me to go on taxpayer funded uh, trips that were completely worthless, worthless and useless and told me, well, that's just what we do around here and you you must go and maybe we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Anyway, so we got quite a few phone calls about Mike Pence running for president and I think he's got like seven people who want to vote for him and it's just not not going very well out there for for Mike. And uh, uh, so quite a few phone calls uh, about that. Got a comment about what you said uh, about Mike Pence. You know, I I said the other day, I called the other day and said that Mike Pence, he he left me that impression a long time ago that he is a political pacifier, basically with a sympathizer. Sympathizer, I think that's what I want to say. <laughs> like, like you use on music to make it sound good. <laughs> he's got one of them plug up his a hole because that's what he's using to make it sound good. All sound good. So, good job, Rob. Keep keep on bringing on the the uh, transparency. You might say, <laughs> I love it. Very nice. <laughs> an an auto-tune for his voice. Well, you, you know, I think I've told this before, Casey, that when these things were happening in real time, I, I watched these things that we'll talk about with utter just amazement. Like, it was, these were almost like outer body experiences mm-hmm. in which our whole state is being gaslit by a group of people who profess to be one thing and then govern the exact opposite sure. way. And when I left, and I think I said yesterday that being forced to change those people's evaluations was the final straw for me, and I got out of there. And by the way, just, I can't. 
Did you want to leave before you? Oh, I want to leave from the moment I I went in there. Yeah. And I told that yesterday that I didn't seek to go into the state government. I was asked and I was naive to think, hey, the speeches are real and we're here to storm the Bastille and we're going to make this change and that change. And are you with me? Hey, let's go. Yeah. And it was like Bluto and Animal House. You look around and there's just no one behind you and it's all just a big you know sham and the guys are for the guy and the people around him the 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 gravy train brigade are a bunch of fraudsters when i left work yesterday and i drove by the state house there was a woman crossing the street on the crosswalk and she was going into the state house she works there and i just felt bad for her i i didn't know the woman she didn't seem to be smiling a whole lot or well, people that are miserable kind of down and i just i was thinking of your story and i was like don't go do a good job because you're not going to get rewarded for it. We used to laugh when I was in the the pharmacy board director and was in the professional licensing agency, which is in the government center. It's not in the state house. How all the plants in that building were dead. <laughs> and they were. You would never see a living plant in there. <laughs> and I think a big part of it is because the morale in that place. Still, look, state workers are market. When we are critical of state government, we are talking about the stooges and toadies and the people who make the choices. That's who we're talking about. I met so many great people when I worked in the auditor's office. They were phenomenal. A lot of great hardworking people in the professional licensing agency. But those people are treated so terribly. And if you look at, just look at what they did the past legislative session, the House of Representatives. Hey, million and a half dollars for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. How about that? Hey, right. 64,000 for the next governor every year. Yeah. Huge raises for Lieutenant Governor and, and Attorney General and, and Secretary of State and the Treasurer, all of these people getting these huge raises. And then they take away the extra check from the state employee retirees. It's still happening. It's just a, just a different administration doing the same, mm-hmm. doing the same stuff. And I used to sit there when I was watching this stuff happen. And when I left, I said, I hope there will come a time where I have a platform to unleash to as many people as possible how what just liars and hypocrites and backstabbers and just totally disingenuous natured people these are and gosh darn it casey i never thought it would be wibc but boy did i hit the jackpot here it is yeah uh all right more calls about uh, about mike pence morning kendall morning casey this is dean and i was calling in regards to something that uh, was said with regards to uh, uh the followers of trump turning away from mike pence uh, because they're they're upset with him. It's not that they're turning away from him because they're upset. The fact that they're stifling their yawns. Not an exciting candidate in any way, shape, or form. And I agree that uh, uh, Governor Scott would be fantastic as our as our uh, as our uh, elected president. Yeah. Well, we've said that before. He's boring. Oh, he is. Mike Pence is a is a fraudulent person who is boring. Now, when I say he's a fraudulent person, I, let me rephrase that. He's a fraudulent politician because I never got to know the person mm-hmm. well, if at all. But he's a fraudulent politician. And it is so wonderful that the gravy train brigade convinced him to do this, this suicide mission, because Mike Pence is going to go out the way 
he deserves. And I'm so happy that I get the opportunity over the next many months to tell these little stories and get some things off my chest and, you know, maybe shine some light on some things that that happened. And wow, Casey, it's just going to be a Story time's gonna be great. It's almost like you can see the difference because with Tim Scott, you feel like you you notice the passion and you can tell that he believes what he's saying. He feels it. With Mike Pence, it's almost a lack of substance to me. That it, does he really have conviction with what he's saying, or is he just saying the talking points? All right, uh, Casey, yesterday, yeah. was it yesterday, we talked about the uh, guy, the comedian, the guy you like, what's his name? Matt the well Reif? The well-assembled guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thirst trap comedian. Yes, you are very excited because you enjoy his humor. Smile. Humor. Yes, humor. Um, yes, and mm-hmm. he's coming to Indianapolis mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. And I had commented on how this guy is breaking the unwritten rule, which is, look, beautiful people have a gajillion avenues by which to make money. There are movies, there are TV shows, mm-hmm. there are billboards, there are magazines. I mean, there are just modeling. There is a million different ways that the beautiful people can make the money, and I think that's fine. Comedy is the lane for the less attractive people. And that is the place by which you don't have to be good looking in the show business world to be able to make money. Uh-huh. And this guy is violating a very clear rule about that and that people should just stay in their own lanes. And somebody uh, who is a huge fan of yours wanted to weigh in. Uh, Rob was just on a rant about good looking people having, you know, other options as far as making a living. By that reasoning, Casey shouldn't be working with you. She should be out doing magazines and so on. <laughs> uh, as good looking and uh, pleasant as she is to be around, um, she could do something besides be on the radio. She could uh, cash in on her looks rather than on her brain. So, um, you know, while I'm a big fan of the show, I got a call party foul on you, Rob, uh, because... <laughs> Yeah, she's good looking and she's still making a living uh, using her mind. So anyway, have a good day. Love Joe. Bye. Well, that was a nice phone call. I didn't Thank say you. they couldn't. I said they shouldn't. And absolutely, Casey, having seen your bikini photo, you should totally be out <laughs> anywhere other than hanging out with me and Kevin. And we're very blessed. You know what, Rob? To have you with us each day. I have a great personality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that girl. Uh, all right. Uh, when we come back, more phone calls. I uh, got somebody calling about Jim Lucas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got somebody uh, calling about there was uh, a girl in attendance at the Chris Christie town hall that is drawing one of our listeners attention okay now you know casey i don't notice people's appearances so i had to do some digging on this uh and a whole bunch more all right it's coming up it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc Eleven thirty-three. It's Kendall and Casey. Three one seven six eight four eight four four four. That's the phone number. We're continuing on with more voicemails on this Friday. Uh, still, people very, very interested in the whole Jim Lucas saga. Obviously, he was uh, arrested for a, a DUI, fleeing the scene. Mm-hmm. The crash report came out. Uh, in it, it alleges that he crashed through a guardrail off State Road of 11. It appears he went airborne based on that description, then went across 65, hit another guardrail, then appears to, based on the crash report, back up, go down 65, goes the wrong way up a ramp, which is 
unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Then drives three miles, roughly three miles on down rims. on rims. He basically had one and a half tires down State Road 11, then parks the the truck, his truck, mm-hmm. in the back of a business before being apprehended on foot yes. by the police. Yes. And so now multiple questions have come out of this, which is where was he going? Mm-hmm. Because Statehouse File did some great in- investigative work, and on his state financial forms, he lists his business, which is known as the awning guy, as his address, and it certainly would appear to the average person the path he was taking was towards the awning guy was towards the awning guy business he was and that appeared to be where i think a reasonable person would draw the conclusion that was where he appeared to be heading so the question now that has come out of all this a new question is does jim lucas live at his business does he live in the district he represents and uh, so there's a new string of questions on this. A lot of people are very concerned that there still have not been formal charges filed in this. And so we got a, a phone call about all that. Hey, Rob. I just want to comment and say you probably should lower your expectations on uh, Jim Lucas retiring or not retiring, resigning, um, because maybe that's why we haven't heard anything, because he probably doesn't want to re- resign, but his family is trying to get him to resign. And maybe some members of the Republican Party are trying to get him to resign. But he's probably like, well, you know, Ted Kennedy actually was responsible for a woman's death, and he continued years on to the Senate, and I haven't killed anybody, so why should I have to resign? So, but yeah, you should severely lower your expectations, because I would not be surprised if he came out and said, yeah, I'm not resigning. Well, that's good advice pretty much on anything in life. Just lower your expectations. And look, there are many points of concern now for people. Number one, the fact that the guy took out a guardrail on 65. So, and the concern is Todd Houston, one of the Flanders boys, comes out and says, well, this is a personal matter. No, Todd, he took out a guardrail on 65, not a personal matter. He went across Interstate 65 and the wrong way up up a ramp and then drove according to the crash report, mm-hmm. for close to three miles on at most one and a half tires. And, you know, depending on what comes out to be determined, may have fibbed to the police about what was going on. Where he was going. What, and why he hit the guardrail. Well. That's not a personal matter. If someone has a drinking problem and they're doing it in the confines of their own home or a drug addiction problem and they're doing it in the confines of their own home, that's a personal matter. He damaged public property. Yes, it could have. The estimates say it could be up to fifty thousand dollars worth of damage. Mm-hmm. That's not a personal matter. And the fact that Holcomb, who practically tore a hamstring sprinting to a podium to condemn Curtis Hill and demand on his resignation, goes, "Well, I just hope he gets the help he needs, and we'll let the General Assembly sort that out." Well, on one hand, you got Holcomb saying it's the General Assembly to sort it out. On then, but you got the leader of the General Assembly going, "Well, it's a personal matter." Mm-hmm. And people are looking at this going, and again, we want to give Jim Grace and time to do the right thing. But the fact that we are uh, well over a week into this, week and a half into this, mm-hmm. and there's been no statement, no accepting of responsibility, no ap- ap- apology, no anything. And now you've got the leadership essentially going, well, you know, just almost sweeping it under the rug. 
And you've got this prosecutor who keeps going, well, oh, I got to wait for this blood draw to decide what we're going to do. I got a, a, a message from a, I will describe this person as a pretty high profile attorney who I will absolutely 100% not name. Um, this person is in political circles and they are a well-known person and a respected person. This is not Lionel Hutz or, you know, whoever. Uh, and this is what they, uh, sorry if I read. And the reason yeah. we're covering this, we want to give Jim Gray space, but this story, we cannot let the story go away because this is too important and people have the right to know about how the system is working and people are rightfully getting concerned. He said, quote, I've handled many DUI cases and I've never had one or know of any other lawyer that has had one where they wait to see what the blood draw is to start the criminal proceedings. If it if it were anyone else, the license would have already been suspended. There would have been a preliminary hearing already as well. Hmm. And that has not happened here. And it's been 10 days. Where is the results of this blood test? What's going on here? And in, in regards to the blood test... Is it just going to be blood alcohol, or will I, they find I, other? Things? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't. I don't know, and that's for them to decide. But we're going to continue to cover this and hope that again the right thing is done here. But the silence from everyone. Well, they're just hoping it'll go away. I, that's what many people are beginning to believe to think. And yeah. now the new question is, where does Jim Lucas live? Right. And Jim Merritt just yesterday told us how residency is a big deal. Absolutely. So it will raise more questions. Okay. So Chris Christie did his announcement the other day. Yeah. And I, of course, did not watch it. I would not subject myself to that. That guy's a loser and a zero. And But some people did. And apparently there was some lady in the audience mm-hmm. who really grabbed other people's attention. Hey, Rob, this is Matt from Fortville. I was surprised on the whole radio network today that Chris Christie announced his candidacy and nobody talked about the gorgeous gal on his right during the show. <laughs> I know you, because I listen to the show, that you don't see appearances, but uh, I was, uh, I'm officially in paradox, kind of getting by the gal sitting on his right. I was really amazed that that, uh, nobody said anything about that. It's kind of awkward and uh, distracting. Love you guys. Is it just him? Well, I think think he admitted in the phone call he was impaired. Did he not say that? Did he not say I was impaired? And then he said something, and I wasn't sure if we could say it on this show or not, so I just took a precaution and and bleeped it. So, Casey, you know... uh, Look, this I do not notice people's appearances. Uh-huh. However, once upon a time, I used to really notice people's appearances. Okay. So much that I had a, a scale. Look, I was not the person that I am today. You were much more immature. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would just totally condemn myself, Casey. <laughs> I mean, I did a lot of good in society. But I had a scale. Of and course. We, you know, we had a rating system. Sure and, you did. You know, and, uh, you know, we've dubbed them broad ripple whatevers. Uh-huh. And so I did... Uh, well, Boy, I'd like to see that scale, what you gave points for. Oh, it was, uh, I'm not the person You're I once was. You're not that person anymore. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. And so You seem I, a bit ashamed by the nah, scale. Well, look. Embarrassed? Look, the famous poet, author, and musician Michael Stanley once said, all you get to keep are the memories. Mm-hmm. You got to make the good ones last. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I pulled up this video, yeah. and I thought, okay, I've got to see what this 
guy is talking about. And you have now seen this woman. I see her. And Kev has seen this woman. Mm -hmm. And if we were to go way back in the vault of days gone by, Mm -hmm. and again, it's very hard for me now because I don't notice people's appearances. She was fine. (laughs) Maybe a broad ripple. Oh, no. Five or six. Okay. I mean, but, you know, it was not. Mm -hmm. I don't. She's she's an attractive woman, a brunette. She's sitting there with her legs crossed. The thing that catches my eye the most, yeah, which is I'm guessing what caught his eye. Well, now keep in mind, I think he admitted he had been mm-hmm. enjoying, mm-hmm. which is fine, a beverage, yeah, or t- eight libation, uh, adult cocktail. <laughs> uh, she's wearing a V-neck cut top, and she, it 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 shows off her decolletage very nicely. But it's nothing. It's nothing outstanding. It's nothing like, Kev, you are the single person in this room. (laughs) If you saw that chick across at a bar, like across the way, would you say, oh my gosh, I must go talk to that woman? Well, from a distance. So Casey pulled up this picture and the quality wasn't great. And I saw it from a distance and I thought, okay, I I guess I can see it. And then I pulled it up in HD. (laughs) And... I was uh, I was unoppressed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing. She would uh, probably a very lovely person. Uh, even though she decided it would be a good use of her time to go to a Chris Christie event, we mm-hmm. won't hold that against her. <laughs> but I would say, like, if you were going to say probably a broad ripple five mm-hmm. or six, if we were scoring on the on the on the scale, hey, if this guy is subjecting himself to watching Chris Christie, he's looking for distractions. That that is what also amazes me. But I thought when he was going on and on about this, like, what in the world? Like, how did I hear about this? You were thinking bombshell. Well, huh? that I just I thought, well, that's a little bit. Uh, that's a little bit disappointing. So uh, anyway, if you'd like to see for yourself, if you just go to YouTube when we're done here today and you put in uh, Chris Christie announcement, the CNN video is there. Mm-hmm. You can, she's very prominent throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. I just was not, I mean, just, you know, whatever. But I'm not a terrible person <laughs> to ask these days. Uh, I could have given you a detailed report uh, well, years she, ago. She, at least she looks like she is engaged compared to the guy on the other side of Chris Christie wearing the suit who literally, I think, is asleep. Uh, as you would be at a Chris Christie event. All right, Casey. Yeah. When we come back. Susan Beckwith joins us. Yes. So June the 14th is Flag Day. Mm-hmm. And I did not know there. Well, I mean, I knew some flag etiquette as I am a person with a flag in my front yard. But there's all sorts of in-depth detail mm-hmm. on flag etiquette if you are indeed a flag. Person. All right. Well, we, she's going to join us next with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to mind your manners with Susan Beckwith. It's time to mind your manners. Casey, did you know that Wednesday is Flag Day? I did not know that, but thank you for telling me. Wednesday, June the 14th, Flag Day, and Mm -hmm. here to teach us all the etiquette about the flags is the one and only Susan Beckwith. Susan, how are you? Wonderful. It's it's a beautiful day. It's been an exciting week. Uh, Doing great. Mm -hmm. All right. So, 
Let's talk about flag etiquette. I have an American flag in my front yard. Uh, it stays up throughout the course of the day and night because I have the light on the flag. Mm. I am in yes. uh, compliance. Aren't you proud of me that I I know a little bit about etiquette when it comes to flags? Uh, I'm proud of you. All right. <laughs> so, so is there a number one thing we should remember when dealing with flag etiquette? Always handle with respect. Mm. And so the fact that you knew that as far as illuminating the flag, if you are going to fly it at night, that is wonderful. And um, just, you know, obviously handling it with respect and taking good care of it. You know, there are times when our flags do start to become in disrepair. Those are the times you want to retire it. So there's also protocol for that as well. So if you have a flag that's in that condition, another good tip and reminder that you may or may not already know that there are places that you can take your old flags. A lot of American Legion posts are a great resource and even some of the various scouting groups in your local community. You, so, well, real quick, I was just going to say, you'd be so proud of me on this too, Susan, because after I bought my house, my dad looked at that flag and said, it may not be in flag compliance. It's looking a little tattered. Mm-hmm. And we got a new flag. I love it. Boy, you are getting two gold stars today. So I, that is uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm some sort of incredible patriot to the level. I, I just, it knows no bounds, Casey, my patriotism. Good for you, Rob Kendall. Well, Susan, I was curious if you do have a flag that's a little weather-worn and getting tattered, what is the proper way to get rid of it? Yeah, again, um, there are a lot of local resources. The American Legion posts are great. And actually, Flag Day is sometimes um, kind of a ceremonial time that they will, you know, dispose of them and, and kind of, um, you can't, they will burn it, but it's very, you know, respectful. And, you know, they do it in a manner that it is um, to give a lot of honor and, like I said, very ceremonial. So the American Legion post, as well as some scouting groups out there, so that's a, a Another good resource just to keep in mind. Susan, back with our guests. It's Mind Your Manners. It's Flag Etiquette. Flag Day coming up uh, Wednesday, June the 14th. All right, so there is a difference between half-staff and half-mast. Yes, that that is true. So half-mast actually refers to a flag that is flown on a ship mass where half staff you know describes flags that are flown on land so that's another uh little reminder if folks didn't know that there is technically a difference Mm. between half mass and half staff susan back with our guest is mind your manners talking about flag etiquette now you were pointing out in our show notes this is casey is what i love about this show uh, this segment with susan she does all the work for us Mm -hmm. she writes it all out she says here's the things we should be talking about we i just I have to put no effort into this whatsoever. She does all the work. You were telling me there is a different uh, Memorial Day has its own flag etiquette. Yes. So the American flag should be flown at half staff from sunrise until noon on Memorial Day and then raised to full mast for the rest of the holiday. So uh, it does have its own protocol as well. And, you know, these reminders today are just some really basic ones regarding displaying the flag. There are so many components to flag etiquette. <laughs> so I would encourage people to uh, to look it up. You know, the U.S. flag code was established, you know, by Congress back in the 40s. So there is a lot of protocol when it comes to our American flag. So these are just some really basic ones when it comes to displaying flags at our home. And uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be just a good refresher. (laughs) Is it proper to fly the flag every day of the year, even in inclement weather? 
Yes, you can between sunrise and sunset. And then again, if you want to fly it through the night, um, which we do, you just need to make sure that it is properly illuminated. Mm. And then as far as inclement weather, um, as you were asking, as long as it's an all-weather material, which most of them are, but if not, if it's an older flag, um, then yes, you do, out of respect, need to take it down until uh, that weather passes. All right, tell us about your very fabulous, wonderful, amazing website, Bell of the Midwest. Oh, it has been such a joy to hear from the listeners. So my website is a great way for you to get in contact with me. So if you have an etiquette question, feel free to send me, uh, send it to me through my website. There's a great form you can just submit. And also introduce yourself if you have any events that you would love for me to join uh, to talk about social etiquette, social graces. I would love to do that. And as far as tips and reminders on etiquette, you can also find me on Facebook at Bell of the Midwest as well as Instagram. Hey, I have a question, Susan. When your husband becomes a lieutenant governor, will you have the manners classes for those heathens and vagabonds <laughs> down there at the state house and whip them into shape? Oh, goodness. Well, it has been an exciting week. We certainly appreciate all the love and support as we have announced our candidacy. And so uh, for those of you that do check out my Facebook, to say a quick hello. Um, if you're a troll of my husband, just keep on moving. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> Bell of the Midwest, B-E-L-L-E of the Midwest.com. Susan Beckwith, you're the best. Thank you. Oh, have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks for joining us. And thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Kevin. And we'll catch you back here on Monday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.